right, welcome to another episode of Rolling Home Podcast. I'm here with my good friends, Tony and April. I'm excited to talk to them. They've been uh, um, good friends. They've been a help with the podcast. Tony helped me name in the podcast. Um, April's given me some good ideas along the way. I officially appointed them to the board of directors. And uh, recently they went for a trip in... Um, they rented a Class C motorhome off of Outdoorsy. Correct. So I'm very curious about that. Um, but maybe before we get into that, I'd like to know like your history of camping. Did you grow up camping? Did you? What What draws you towards the RV lifestyle? Ooh, I'll start. I went to camping growing up once, and it was with some uh, some neighbors. They went to a county park up on Castle Rock Lake and kind of central Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I was in a pop-up camper, and I remember that we got pizza. Nice. Delicious. How old were you? Oh, somewhere between 5 and 15. <laughs> was there like... Right in that range. Campfire, hiking, that type no of stuff? No hiking. I think a campfire. There was a beach there that we played at a lot, uh-huh. like a playground. Um, pizza. Pizza? S'mores? Yeah. Pro, yes, I think, and they, I think they might have made what do they call them, pudgy pies or whatever. Oh, the play up. In the little, I had never seen those before. Yep, the two that's like a yeah, it's like a sandwich thing. Sandwich thing, you squeeze yeah. it together, you can put it right in fire. And yep, mm. yep. I think that was my first exposure to those, but uh, that was it. And my parents were not camping people. Okay. Yeah. So. How about you, April? I grew up um, pretty much living at campgrounds. Um, my parents used to put the games into the arcades at all mm-hmm. the campgrounds. So most of my summer was spent just hopping campground to campground, like riding along with my parents. And anyways, um, yeah, so I actually grew up like just being at campgrounds a lot for, during the week with my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, just when I was little, I'd go to work with them. But then on the weekends, we would actually go to campgrounds. Um, and so we would usually use a tent. So like during the week, you'd just be there, your dad would be working and you'd just be running around playing. Running around playing. But not actually stay and just. Yep. Just just there for the day, meeting all the kids that had usually like the set campground sites or whatever, Uh because then they'd always be there. So Mm -hmm. I'd have my like buddies at all the different campgrounds. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then. So you'd go and have all the fun. And then, and leave then just leave night. and go home and sleep in a regular bed. That sounds like a great setup <laughs> yeah, to me. That's not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> you went there that early in the. <laughs> I like how you guys. I like how you guys camp. <laughs> um, but I did grow like actual camping also mm-hmm. a lot. So then, when you guys would go camping, would you bounce around to different campgrounds and stuff, or did you have like one main one that was like? No, we would bounce around. My dad had a boat, so it was usually find a campground close to um, a place where, like a, whatever, not a boat dock, but a launch, boat uh-huh. launch. So. Because yeah. he liked to fish or. Nope, we would water boating. ski. Gotcha. Big skiers. Gotcha. Yeah. So fast forward, now you've got a family and you're considering, I know, possibly getting an RV, maybe not, and just bring me up to speed on how you got to this point of renting. <sighs> Going on outdoorsy and renting a, a camper. Sure, yeah. We thought about the idea of, you know, taking our kids on like a big epic road trip around the country. Mm-hmm. 
you know, maybe three months, maybe six months, maybe a year. And then we decided it would be prudent to see if we could last like 48 hours in one before, <laughs> we, before we sell our house and, and buy a motorhome. So we, we didn't know what kind, if we would want a little Class C. We knew we didn't want like the van style, the really small van style, that would just be probably too small. Mm -hmm. um, or if we would want a big Class A. And so we did turn to Outdoorsy and RV Share, I think were the two websites I checked. And um, just kind of on a whim, we decided on a Wednesday officially, like, hey, let's go this weekend. And so I got online and I found one and uh, up in northern Wisconsin. And the woman turned me down. I didn't give her enough lead time, she said. Um, I did make some jokes about having like six dogs and 14 kids, so she might have been. <laughs> did you really? No. No. I think I think she just, you know, didn't want to rent it out that weekend for whatever reason. So she said it was booked, even though it showed that it was not online. So then I, I did end up finding a, it was like a, maybe a 2010 Winnebago 23-foot Class C uh -huh. in Peshtigo, Wisconsin. And it was available, and they were willing to book it to us, so... We, uh, we went with that one. How was that process like going on outdoors? Was it pretty simple? Like you just kind of gave your location where you wanted to be and? Pretty easy. It really just came, the, the frustrating part was you just kind of, kind of, there's some that say instant book and you know if I click this, I got it. 95% mm -hmm. of them, you have to get approval and they want to hear a little spiel about who you are and what you're doing, and they make it seem kind of innocent, but I think it actually means a lot what you write. Like if you say, hey, I'm coming to your town for a bachelor party and we need a bus to roll around in, or versus, you know, hey, my wife and I are looking for a romantic getaway, you know, we'd like to rent your IV. They obviously, you know, if you have pets, that sort of thing affects it. But right. that was probably, because of the last minute nature of us booking it, it was uh, a little stressful just not knowing if we had it booked or not until they finally got back to us. But uh -huh. the people we got luckily were very responsive and, and good, like via text message, they were at answering all our questions and, and getting us all set up. So that's good to know. Like if you had an RV and you were going to rent it part of the time on there, you get you get to screen the people a little bit, which is... For sure. Yeah, yeah. you totally do. If, if you just decide like, eh this person I don't like what their use is going to be or I just don't like the timing of it yeah you can definitely deny it right. I don't know if there's a mechanism where if you just deny 95% of them where it starts to kind of cloud your, right. your your ratings or whatever I don't know if that exists but maybe it, maybe it should or maybe it shouldn't okay. I guess it depends on which side of it you're on interesting yeah that reminds me we should probably write them a review because they are awesome yeah I uh I, I can't remember if I did or not, so yeah, we should check. Yeah, so that's nice too. You can, as a user of it, you can go on there, see the reviews, make sure that the pictures are accurate of what you're going to get. And For sure. Yeah, it was, um, they were really a nice couple, the people that we checked it out from and that owned it, and they said that they couldn't afford a really nice, like that level of nice, of of a camper, I guess, or quality, mm -hmm. had they not partnered with somebody. So I thought that was interesting because they had said that that always made way more sense financially. If they partnered with somebody and then they rented it out, then they got to use it right. whenever they wanted to also. Right. So. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. You just have to have, you know, people you trust and get along with well or really good lawyers. <laughs> so now, 
No, and I know I don't know a lot about outdoors, but I know they do handle like the insurance part of it and stuff like that. So if something goes wrong on your trip, you're covered or yeah. Yeah, luckily we didn't hit any deer or back anything over. Um, but I do recall it hastily going through the the process of trying to book it for mm. two days later and seeing something about an insurance okay. insurance policy. There was definitely extra insurance that you could purchase uh, um, along with, you know, just like airlines do and uh, car rentals and all that stuff. But right. I did not opt for the extra insurance and apparently didn't pay even that much attention to the <laughs> <laughs> included insurance. Right. So, um, but there was an insurance mechanism there. Gotcha. Well, that's fascinating. So as you guys know, this, this podcast is kind of designed for people that are maybe considering the RV lifestyle or new to the RV lifestyle. I think what you did was really wise to, you know, test it out, get your feet wet. Um, now, Tony, having very limited experience camping, you've had more experience, but at the same time, like you're going to pick up this RV, it's really kind of your first time driving an RV, is that correct? And, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, doing it now and it's a little different as a kid where you just show up and you know yeah. now you're the adult and you have kids with you. Yes. Um, what are the some of the things that you, you think the listeners might, that people that are kind of relatively new to camping or RVing that they, they don't think of? What are... Oh, I got a couple. Yeah? Yeah, um, it, you can't use regular toilet paper. That was uh, eye-opening to me because I was all proud of myself and had all the toilet paper packed and Tony was like, wait, you can't even use that kind. So we had to stop and buy that. Special, I didn't know that. There's special RV toilet paper. I guess, paper. yeah. That? that was an eye-opener. Yeah, think of like the cheapest toilet paper you've ever used and then like <laughs> slice that in half thickness-wise. <laughs> right. And that's essentially RV toilet paper. John Wayne toilet paper. Did you ever hear that one? Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Rough, rough and tough. 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 <laughs> shit from no one. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Let's see. What else was different or kind of surprising? Yeah. So bring wet wipes, but you don't want to flush those. Um, Having garbage bags is important because yeah. we were using with a kids. lot of disposable stuff with kids. Um, so that was kind of eye-opening. We brought a lot of activities for the kids to do. Mm -hmm. Ooh, and figuring out car seats and how to install car seats and what to do with your kids. That was something that Tony had spent a lot of time ahead of time researching. Mm -hmm. So I was great, grateful for that. And I think had we not, we would have been surprised on how to configure the car seats and what is safe and legal. And yeah, had I had more time leading up to it, I would have researched that particular vehicle even better. Honestly, we showed up and we're just like, think there'll be a spot to put the car seat you know the other two are in boosters now they're five and seven but the baby was not yet one right yeah. so or had just turned one so she's still in a regular car seat so we ended up uh, deciding the safest place for her was like shotgun you know oh. in the passenger seat facing backwards with a seat belt strapped in because sure. the only other seating was a little dinette table that sat sideways so we could not keep the table there and fit her car seat facing backwards properly. Uh, it didn't. It didn't uh, quite fit. Right. So she got the right shotgun, and uh, she's got a lot of work to do as a navigator. She was not super helpful, <laughs> telling me where to turn <laughs> and that sort of thing. Give her a year. Yeah. Yeah. I think by the time she's in kindergarten, she'll be Magellan. But right now, not so much. So what else is like? Because you've got. 
hookups on all this? You've got electricity, water. Um, did you have to like clean the tank, like the gray water oh, yeah. and all that stuff? Did you have to learn yeah, how to do all tell that? Tell them about that. I didn't do it. You oh, did that's it. right. <laughs> Good one. That's right. That was me that dealt with the septic tank. In the rain. In the rain. <laughs> we only we only dumped it once on the trip, I believe, and uh, I learned that you take the freshwater hose and have that hooked up and start running water like in one of the sinks. Okay. So while you're flushing your black water tank, uh -huh. you open the valve from the gray water tank so that that fresh water can come through and flush that black uh, hose clean. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So you just have just have water running like crazy um, before you disconnect the water to to you know disconnect everything else. You do the the black tank first. Right. And then the gray tank second, and then disconnect your water and power, and then go. So make sure you leave enough room for your slides. Um, think about, like, there's tiny little refrigerators in there, but they, they fit quite a bit. So if you have kids, you know, think about what they can eat. Things, like, for the baby, like, bringing, like, little wafer type of snacks that we could just hand her was, mm. was helpful. Um, yeah, take, take more time than we did to plan your route. Right. Because we had found ourselves in the... the in the metropolis of northern Wisconsin where there was no self-service, no internet, and mm -hmm. we really hadn't made a plan. We actually picked our RV up on a Friday and called on the way to Peshtigo to pick it up and it called around actually to a campground you had suggested just outside of Manaqua and, and by some miracle they had not just the one site left, but it was the best site in the whole place. Right. Uh, you know, somebody must have, for whatever reason, they weren't coming till the next night, so it was open right on the lake shore. And uh, yeah, it took a good hour and a half, I'd say, to get like the orientation from the person who owned the camper. Wow, kinda, it took that long. It took a while to like get the orientation from them and then get all the stuff out of our car and get it loaded in all our all our food all our ice all our clothing and the other gear we were bringing we decided not to bring bikes um we got advice from the people we rented it from they said they only take bikes when it's like bike focused trip okay like if we're going here to go biking we bring it if we're not specifically going to bike we just don't bother mm -hmm. although there was a hitch on the back um for bikes yeah, so that took a while. I mean, right. we were supposed to meet them at 3 p.m. We didn't get there. You know, we had six potty breaks on the four-hour sure. drive there. Yeah. Um, we got there at like 4.45 p.m., and then we we didn't roll out of that town until 7.30 at night, and we thought we'd already be in Monaco at the campground at 7.30. Right. So that was, you know, a little frustrating to show up. So then up. you're setting up in the dark. Yeah, we showed up for our first night. The, you know, the campground is closed, basically. There was a sticker on the door telling us what number site we were in. And then I'm out there. I'm like, well, I'm not hooking up anything but the necessity. So I hooked the, the water up, so it was really simple. Mm -hmm. And I hooked up the electricity. I did not hook up the sewer tank. Right. And in fact, I never did because we ended up having to pull out of there at like 9.30 the next morning. And I just never hooked it up right. at that first spot. Right. Yeah, so that was, it was all right. You know, we spent uh, spent the morning there playing in the sand on the beach, and yeah. that was cool. I think definitely out of the whole trip, the most frustrating thing was, all right, now it's Saturday morning. We're thinking, well, we'll get it on our phones. 
what, 4G. Right. <laughs> we'll, we'll find the next campground. Well, it turned out a lot of the campgrounds due to COVID um, in the Upper Peninsula seemed to be closed. A lot of them were state-owned or county-owned. And we couldn't get a good sense for if they were even going to be open if we showed up and there was no one answering the phone on a Saturday morning. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, we had to drive to, to Walmart in Manaqua and get on their Wi-Fi in their lobby and spend more time than we would have liked there just trying to figure out where we're going next, where we can stay next, and then try to plan a route there. Right. Um, but I think if you planned properly, um, unlike the way we did it, if you planned ahead of time, you would have that all booked and you'd know your route, you know what you want to see. We had an idea in our mind that we wanted to see waterfalls. Uh -huh. So that was a kind of the overarching goal. Yeah. But, uh, and we did find a few of those. Um, but yeah, I think take, take the time to plan out your route and think if you have little kids, think about, you know, are you going to let them run around? Are you going to let them sleep in the bunk above the cab while you're moving? Right. Are you going to make them stay strapped in? Are you going to let them get up and use the bathroom? Or are you going to pull over on a, on a rest stop or a, a off-road and stop to let them get up and use the bathroom? Right. Those are all you know, kind of safety things that you've right. got to think through before. Because a lot of that's, I, don't, I know it's state by state, but it's legal in those campers. You can, you can move mm -hmm. around in them, right? So, but it might, that doesn't yeah. mean it's safe. Yeah, that was something yeah. we just struggled with as far as... Um, just our personal values, you know, did we allow this? And we're like, well, it's kind of the reason we got a camper, yeah. right? Is so that you don't have to stop every time you go to the bathroom. Someone can just walk to the bathroom and go while we're driving. Mm -hmm. But as you're doing it, you're thinking, oh, man, what if I have to slam on the brakes right now? Mm -hmm. Someone's going to get hurt, mm -hmm. you know, probably. So that was uh, one of the toughest things we, we wrestled with. And I know there's different styles that, you know, have more automotive style seating and car. You know, these just had lap belts. Right. Or if... A fifth wheel that just takes it all out of the question although i think there's some states you can ride in the fifth wheel yep wow. if you have wow. radio communication i've heard right. like if you have a walkie-talkie yeah which uh you know maybe that's the solution for the kids just stick them back there and then just turn your walkie-talkie really low so you don't have to hear them all the time are sure. you serious oh, i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> so after tell me this after so you've got this Maybe you want to travel around the country, see different national parks. After doing it for a weekend, what's changed? Do you still want to do that? Does that still, is the timing? Do you want your kids to be a little older before you do that? Or That's a good question. Has anything changed? Um, you know, I think it was a good learning experience to just do a couple of days just also how for how we communicated and the level of sleep and stress of like managing the kids i think what was it by like monday we were like all right we need a little space <laughs> right mm -hmm. um because it was a lot of like just managing children like mm. 24 7 and not sleeping well at least for us like i was terrified that you know my kids could just walk right out that little door in the middle of the night and Tony was crammed into like the weirdest shaped mattress ever. <laughs> it's like curved and then angled. Um, so what's changed? I don't know. Well, I, I think we definitely thought, hey, glad we did this. Um, if you know, I think it would have played out differently stress level wise had we had everything planned out where we were going to mm -hmm. stay, the routes we were going to take, um, instead of just doing it on a whim. 
I think that would have taken a lot of the stress out. Mm -hmm. And having done it once, I think would take a lot of the stress out of the next time. I think yeah. next step would probably be to rent like a bigger class A, mm -hmm. and maybe take a little longer trip, maybe a week, mm -hmm. maybe even two weeks. Mm -hmm. um, we've been talking about going out west to see our friend Homer out in Idaho. And we thought, well, that'd be cool. But you bring up the age thing, that's a good question. I think they are too young. Just for travel in general, I, I think, you know, our seven-year-old will probably remember most of what she sees. The five-year-old, I'm not so sure. And the one-year-old obviously isn't gonna remember anything, but you gotta you got wrestle with the scenario of, do you wait until they're old enough to remember what the cool stuff they could see, or do you just live life, mm -hmm. you know? And create a new normal. And foundation. just keep doing it, yeah. Keep doing that as they get older, so. I think uh, glad to go, uh, very smart, I think, no, looking back to just go on two to three days for the first time. Before work, selling work our up. house and just packing up. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, working out the kinks and, you know, maybe a fifth wheel and a truck is the way to go. Maybe we'll try that too. Mm -hmm. um, we have access to, you know, a truck we could borrow to, to pull a fifth wheel if we wanted to try that. So maybe we'll try a Class A next and then a fifth wheel too and see what we like then would probably make that call and should we have the big dream of taking an extended trip someday. Right. Jeff, going back to things that we learned, mm -hmm. um, we had packed just a few outfits just for the days that we were there. I had no idea how much clothes they would go through. Like they were jumping in lakes and climbing through sand and I mean they were just, the kids were just covered and then it, I think it rained one afternoon and so um, trying to figure out what we were gonna do for laundry was something that I hadn't even considered. Mm. Yeah, I can't imagine two weeks, because in two days we had a whole, we had to go to, while I was at Walmart getting yeah. your Wi-Fi, I bought this big mesh mm -hmm. sack that, you know, for your dirty laundry, and we filled that thing. And a whole nother wardrobe for two of them. And we yeah, and we had to buy, you know, shorts and tank tops for them, and we also had to buy a sweatshirt, you know, so right. planning for, all types of weather. Yeah, all types of weather and all types of, uh, you know, just scenarios that kids can get you into. You know, you hate to tell them, don't jump in the lake with your pants and sweatshirt on, but they do. Right. So, towels, you know, thinking about towels and how you're going to dry those in between. Um, that's an issue, too. So, it's got to be like finding that balance between, because you don't want to bring too much stuff right. either. Right. you got to, spaces important in those things and yeah. you don't want to load it up with stuff you're not going to use so it's that but i've heard that from other experienced RVers that are like yeah plan for even if it's middle of summer bring a jacket you know you yeah. know so stuff like that we had packed a lot of things in totes and those totes thankfully were the same size as the storage containers and so that was nice to be able to pull stuff in and out and just shove it in there and the camper that we had rented was very organized and had, you know, things compartmentalized really well. So there was, it felt like a lot of space. Yeah. yeah. The only, the, like April mentioned, the bed was um, tiny and kind of odd shaped for someone my size. You know, I'm six foot two and north of 300 pounds. So I couldn't even dream of taking a shower in the shower that was in that thing. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But luckily, you know, the first campground we had uh, access to pay showers and I believe uh, the last day we did as well. So just something else to think about. You know, I would have researched that a little farther. Next time I would know if I get a smaller camper, especially like, hey, what's the dimensions of that of that shower? Oh, you know, sure. Like, it was probably tight for April to use. Right. You know, and I, I went in there and I was, 
I wear like a size 56 suit coat. So I mean, my shoulders were wedged in there. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we learned another thing we learned about that RV is you know just be careful about the slides. You know, a lot of RVs have slides that make them wider when you're parked. Um, and just especially with kids, just being really careful that there's you know triple checking that there's nothing near those areas that could get wedged in there or pulled in or pinched in when you're closing it, that sort of thing. Uh -huh. Because that's uh, you know a sure way to to ruin your weekend is just to get that thing screwed up and so you can't pull it in and then you can't move. Right. Um, the one we had had automatic leveling. But oh nice. The back right corner was broken. Oh no. So it would go down but you had to kind of wedge it to get it back up. So ended up, uh, you know, the people we rented it from were super nice. I bought them, uh, they, they sent along some some logs for, for us to use. If it did go down, it wouldn't go back up to kind of lever and just help it go back up. It would eventually go up, but it needed a, a little push manually. So I bought a little bottle jack. Again, plug, you know, shout out to Walmart for having the mesh net and sweatshirt and the bottle jack and, and, wi and free wi-fi and the subway that we ate it like three times um and so you were there a long time yeah we were there for hours i uh yeah i got a buddy up there i got a call it reminds me i met some friends um yeah so i bought it. i left that bottle jack in the rv form so i'm mm -hmm. like hey next time this happens just set this underneath it and crank it up instead of trying to find a log that won't snap in half right. in the dark you know so he was appreciative of that. Huh. Well, cool. Well, that's a lot of information. Thank you guys for being on. I want you back on after you do the Class A, and then again after you do the fifth wheel, and we're going to go over all your notes of Class C versus Class A versus two-week trip versus all the, all the new stuff. Any closing thoughts before we wrap it up? Hmm. Something else we were thinking or looking at at one point was like the toe behind topic, but maybe that could be another podcast. What do you mean the toe behind topic? Like the different like vehicles that you can toe behind. And oh, right. The toad. Yeah, the toad. The toad. Thank you. Um, so we were learning about that topic, but I don't know that we know enough about it yet to speak, speak on it. Yeah, the one we rented was very nimble. I mean, the people we rented from said they routinely take it downtown Chicago in traffic, mm -hmm. no problems, you know, straight out to the mountains from there. So it's, it was kind of convenient to just be able to park it anywhere. Right. So it'll be interesting to compare and contrast that to um, a tour bus and a, you know, a 30-foot-plus fifth-wheel trailer behind a truck. Right. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, that'll, I'm sure, have some drawbacks and, and positives, too. Well, you guys rock. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, it was a pleasure.